7 at WPPF. Tom Kearney here on a Wednesday night. It's uh, January 13th. We're almost two weeks into 2021 already. We're here. The Tom Kearney Show is every night, Monday through Friday from 9 to 10, with a little bit of live and in real time radio. And we try to bring you things that are entertaining and educational and uh, so that uh, you'll have a good time and maybe have learned something that will be of some value to you at the end of time. And one of the features that we've had the whole life of this program is to invite a representative from the National Weather Service, NOAA's National Weather Service, to come visit us, uh, usually roughly about every month, but sometimes, it, if, it, if it requires, it might be might be sooner, and sometimes it might be, be a little bit later. And in, in this time, it's been a little bit longer than it might have been, but that's partly because of the holidays. But it's a gentleman who's been visiting us uh Going on, well, I think, Nick, this is probably your 10th year, because I think you came in about 2011, didn't you? Okay. Uh, it's been, gosh, it's been uh, 10 years now. Hard to believe. 10 years, 2011 yeah. was when I, uh, when I uh, arrived here in uh, Central North Carolina. That's what Hurricane Irene, and I should say that Nick has uh, been uh, in several places on the national Weather Service Circuit, but among them has been a, a stationing on the coast of North Carolina, so he knows the the eastern part of the state uh, better than, than than most would. And he he's a good radio guy. He's a ham operator, and uh, he's from near Pittsburgh, and went to Penn State, where a lot of good meteorologists go to school. And I think that that covers a good bit of it, Nick. That it, that, it, that it isn't all of your pedigree, but it it will do for tonight. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, you, you got it pretty. Cool. You got it pretty good there, Tom. <laughs> well, I've been rehearsing it. I've been trying to to work it down so we could get it in. And we always have fun. Uh, I, that's one thing I like about Nick. We always have, always have fun talking about the weather. And we don't rehearse much of anything, so we sort of just flow from one topic to another. But uh, he's got several interesting topics that he wants to talk about tonight. But Nick, let me ask you first, just to, for some observations on the current. Uh, weather situation i think we've we're, we're as i said almost two weeks into the year and it's been a relatively moderate i mean it hasn't been real cold yet it's it's been seasonal but uh and uh, things are going along fairly well and get get your comments on that and then we can talk about the changes some changes that are going to be made at the national weather service some upgrades and updates and things like that and then you used in a conversation we had the word stratospheric, and I want to find out what that's all about. That should take care of the first half hour, as a matter of fact. But how about the weather that we're having now? Yeah, you know, Tom, one thing I love about the weather is there's always something exciting to talk about. And, and, and you know, the weather always changes, so that's what makes makes it exciting. But, you know, as you kind of pointed out, this winter has been uh, interesting in that uh, our prediction, when we did a show, uh, probably, I'm not sure if it was our last show or two shows ago, where we talked about the prediction for this winter, and, and, you know, at that time, we were saying that odds were favoring um, above-normal temperatures and below-normal precipitation, drier than normal, uh, due to the cold water temperatures out in the Pacific. And, and you know, I would say probably half of that prediction um, it has come true, probably the warmer aspect of it. Um, indeed, it has been a, a, just a touch warmer than normal, uh, so far for the month of uh, so far for the month of, of uh, January, 
we're running about 1.8 or so degrees. Let's just say, let's round that up to two degrees, roughly about two degrees above normal on average for the month. However, uh, December, believe it or not, December was right about normal. Um, the departure from normal, and, and I'm, I'm pulling the, I know you're uh, obviously the listening uh, audience is, is, you know, all, you know, a big, big chunk of the Carolinas, but, but I always like to pick a, a couple like climatological sites. In this case, I'm using Raleigh as a, as a site to kind of generalize for the whole uh, sort of central and eastern Carolinas. Um, but, but, but we're, we're looking at about a, a believe it or not, one tenth, one tenth of a degree below normal for, uh, for December. So when you add it all up, we're just about spot on for, for, for normal, maybe a tad above normal, considering how warm January has been so far for the first two weeks. The one thing that has deviated from normal, however, has been the amount of precipitation. Um, December has been, uh, December was, you know, remember, you know, we, we considered the months of December, January, and February to make up the winter season. And, um, and for Dece December, we were about two and a half inches above normal for rain. So it was kind of wet. And that was pretty much uh, characteristic of the entire year of 2020. It was pretty wet. And in January so far, at least through the first half of January, um, we're about an inch, 1.3 inches, an inch and a third above normal as well. So, you know, 2021 is picking up right where 2020 left off in terms of rainfall. And, and overall precipitation, and I will say that most of that above normal precipitation did fall as rain um, rather than snow. So um, I guess in that aspect, we uh, our seasonal forecast has been pretty good so far um, by way of uh, not having a whole lot of snow, uh, by way of being a little bit warmer than normal, but it's been off a little bit in terms of uh, the prediction for dry. Um, it's, it, it's been anything but dry. <laughs> so... So that, that's uh, that's kind of how winter's been shaping up so far. We're about halfway through the winter season, so um, you know I'm not so sure things are going to be the same for the second half, though. Okay, well hold on before you get into that. No, but one of the, we've talked about this before. But one thing that I think listeners would be interested in is the the area that the uh, Raleigh Durham. Uh, well, I guess, I guess uh, that may not be what it's called now, but the Raleigh Durham Weather Station, though it's located on the Centennial Campus, uh, uh, covers. Uh, I was telling Mrs. Kearney, we we have relatives who live in Winston Salem, and that's the western most part that you are responsible for predicting the weather for. And it goes how far east does it go? I ninety five, or does it go all the way to the to the ocean? Uh, well, our coverage extends roughly to I-95 on the eastern side. Right, and, and it's from the Virginia border. Does it go all the way to the South Carolina border? Yeah, indeed it does, yep. So, so our, uh, yeah, our, our office in Raleigh, we cover all of central North Carolina. Right, so in making forecasts, you, you can say sometimes that it may snow in the triad, but it may not snow in the triangle. You know, we should have gotten names that weren't so close to being alike for the two different areas. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. I, I find that interesting and that you have to keep in mind when you're making your forecast. Uh, and and one of the things that I think is that has been used more recently is the demarcation of areas by commonly known uh, geographic features like I-95. Everybody knows where that is, you know, that kind of thing. And, every, and if you say it's going to rain, but, but mostly north of 
of, of 64, then we know that it's sort of the northern half of the state. Uh, because yeah. And, and yeah, the, the, in the winter months, uh, Interstate 85 is a really good marker for where wintry precipitation types uh, occur versus where, you know, uh, just rain falls. High 85, for some reason, uh, does a really good job. Uh, and, and in fact, uh, during my weather briefings and, and, you know, all the weather briefings we host at National Weather Service Raleigh, they're all on our YouTube page. But uh, one of our uh, one of our uh, watchers and listeners uh, once commented that, uh, that that we we just keep mentioning I eighty five over and over again during our winter weather briefings. Um, but but you know what? It's, that's just the way it plays out. Uh, you know, climatologically speaking, I eighty five. Once you get north of I eighty five, it's a much more uh, true wintry climate than south. Once you get south of eighty five. You know, it gets more and more difficult to get snow and, and ice, but it's uh, relatively easy to get that snow and ice north of 85. You know, if it's marginally cold enough for snow and, um, you know, it's on the borderline, generally speaking, once you go north of 85, it's usually that's where it's going to be cold enough to get the snow. Okay. Nick Petro, who is uh, our meteorologist from the National Weather Service who visits us occasionally, and Sometimes he and his colleagues are on at night and, and indeed in other times of the day, but we always like to call them in when we have something that's going on that uh, where we need an up-to-date report. We're going to pause now and take a break, and when we come back, uh, Nick was telling me about some changes that had been made in the radar on the uh, web page, and I, I, that's the first thing I click on my computer every morning is, is the, the weather for where I am and, uh, and then also the the general uh, equipment uh, for the, the, the weather installation is going to be upgraded. So if we are, in fact, looking at it, he can explain this to us. For there will probably be a, a few weeks when we won't be able to see it at all. And maybe they'll – I know in the past they've substituted the – sometimes, Nick, you've substituted the Greensboro radar. And so you get stuff off the edge of it. But anyway, that's your story, and you can tell it to us right after we take this break. at WCPS, the top starting show on Wednesday night. It's January 13th, and Nick Petro of the National Weather Service is our guest, and uh, we uh, have moved along now, Nick, to, to, to the point where I'm going to invite you to talk about some changes that are being made or have been made in the web page and in the equipment of the National Weather Service to, to, to be honored with being called an upgrade. Yeah, Tom, uh... Uh, well, you know, with um, with technology constantly changing and, and uh, you know, a lot of uh, data on the web, you know, we're constantly looking at ways to improve things and make things uh, better and easier for people to access. In addition to that, um, you know, we have a lot of neat equipment that uh, obviously, um, you know, um, is just fascinating, super fun equipment to, to gather data from. Uh, that's one of the funnest things about, uh, being a meteorologist is is gathering up and, and viewing all this incredible data of the atmosphere. And one of those uh, one of those pieces of data uh, is of course our radar data, which uh, is so important when the precipitation is falling from the sky and the weather is occurring. You know whether it's you know uh, wet weather or wintry weather or bad storms or hurricanes. You know, one of our primary tools that we rely on to deliver 
um, warning to people who, who may be in the affected area is, of course, our radar. And, and I wanted to mention that, um, you know, because a lot of folks rely heavily on our radars, um, you know, both the, the general public, our core partners like emergency management officials, and even the media rely heavily on our network of radars. And um, as part of a uh, as part of a, an effort to extend the life of our radar network, all of our, all of our radars across the country will, at some point in time over the next few years, uh, undergo maintenance um, and, and, and upgrades so that uh, they can keep, uh, keep functioning well and reliably for the next uh, decade or more. And uh, the radar that serves the Carolinas, the Central Carolinas, um, are, are radar that serves um, the Raleigh, uh, uh, Triangle, Triad region, and uh, basically the area you outlined earlier from, you know, the Virginia border to the South Carolina border from the Triad over to I-95. Uh, that radar is one of 159 radars that are uh, basically deployed across the country. And, may I ask um, you a question? It, Nick, sure. may I ask you a question? About that, yeah. Uh, yeah. it seems like I remember when you were installing the the radar, and I think uh, some of it is off of I forty out south of Raleigh. There's a dome out there anyway that you that, yeah. uh, the Raleigh Durham office shares some of it with Seymour Johnson too, which means the government's getting you know get, getting its money's worth. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. It's a partnership between um, the the Department of Defense, uh, basically the military. Um, uh, uh, the Weather Service and the FF, FAA, who all okay. uh, makes uh, use of the of the radar data. But yeah, our radar that's located in Clayton, uh, North Carolina, that's along uh, Business Highway 70 in Clayton, uh, close to the Johnson County Wake County line. Um, that radar is going to be going down for this uh, major upgrade here, uh, beginning uh, basically in about 10 days or so, uh, maybe eight days or so. Uh, somewhere around the 21st of January, we're going to begin um, uh, basically installing new equipment so that, uh, as I mentioned, uh, we'll keep that radar running for another decade or so. Um, but I want folks to know that, uh, rest assured, that even though uh, you may have uh, come to rely on our radar data uh, here uh, out of the Raleigh forecast area, um, that uh, fortunately, as I mentioned, we have 159 radars. And they're all placed strategically so that there's good overlap, so that when one radar goes down for maintenance or maybe something breaks that needs to be repaired, um, that the surrounding radars can uh, pick up where the one that went down, uh, you know, um, leaves off. So, uh, so I would encourage folks, and basically this is going to be from about the 21st of, of January through the end of the month, uh, the radar uh, operated by the National Weather Service radar will be down. So, uh, of course, um, you know, for those in the Triad area, they may want to look at the Blacksburg, Virginia radar. For those in eastern North Carolina, may want to uh, look at the Newport-Moorhead City radar and so forth. Uh, there's a radar in Wilmington, a radar in Wakefield, Virginia. So there's plenty of good coverage. Plus, there's uh, FAA-operated radars. There's another radar right in Raleigh, just north of uh, RDU Airport. That, uh, that, that we have access to and will be use, utilizing heavily during this time. So anyway, just want to remind folks that, you know, for about a week or so, you know, you might go to our web, if, you, if you're used to going to our webpage and looking for the radar and, and seeing where the rain or the snow is at, and you're wondering, what happened to that radar? Why can't I get that data? 
Um, rest assured that uh, it's coming back. It's just we're doing some upgrades so that it, it can live a much longer life. It's good to know that because I, I hope we don't have, I know we're not going to have a hurricane, but when hurricanes and, and ice storms come along, I really rely on the radar because the, the, uh, I, I, I sort of burn myself out watching it. But the, the line, of course, is the line where it turns from, from rain to, to ice is the, the important line, and the radar is the way you can tell it. I use it as pink, I think, on the radar, if I remember correctly. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and, and you know, another another interesting thing on our webpage, if you go to our webpage at weather.gov slash Raleigh, and you're used to uh, looking there at the radar data on our webpage, you'll notice that has changed, too. Uh, the display of the radar has uh, been upgraded as well. We're talking the webpage uh, display. Um, and, and um, in fact, um, it's been upgraded in a, in a way it kind of merges all 159 radars together. So, uh, so I bet you won't even notice that our radar is down because um, all of the uh, neighboring radars are all kind of combined together to paint one seamless picture. And, um, and while that has been running a little bit slow right from the get-go, um, our programmers are working hard to make it run more efficient, a lot faster, and, and, and work a lot better. But definitely check it out. It's a neat way to display not only our radar data, but where we may have warnings in effect, too. So uh, that's, a, that's at weather.gov slash Raleigh. That's going to give me a new thing to look at in the morning and indeed throughout the day, being kind of a weather freak as I am. Tom Kearney here, Nick Petro there. We're pausing for a moment to check the news, and then we'll be back to talk some more about the weather. It's 33 at WPTF, AM 6A, FM 98.5. But this is the point where we usually do a little promoing. It's Wednesday night, so I need to tell you that on Thursday night, if you looked at our uh, schedule that we posted on the website at the beginning, it, we posted uh, the beginning of the week, we posted every Monday morning. Uh, we were originally going to have Tony Rigsby on, but uh, it seemed better for his schedule and other things involved to, to post him next week. So Tony will be here on Tuesday of next week to talk about sports in the year 2020 and maybe a little baseball on the side. Tomorrow night will be a nostalgia night, and you can have to tune in to uh, then to see what we will be thinking about and remembering and waxing nostalgic about. Friday night will be a trivia night here on WPTF. The computer guys, if you have any problems with your computers, will be on Monday night, and so and Tony Rigsby will be on to talk about sports on Tuesday night of next week. Tonight we're talking... Uh, uh, to uh, Nick Petro of the National Weather Service. Nick, are you there? Yeah, Tom. Uh, one of the public service announcements that got played next to our weather, if it's all right to talk about this, was something that I, I just thought I don't usually do this, but I would mention it to you. It was about Lee DeForest and being a ham radio operator. Uh, I imagine you may know who Lee DeForest was. I think he invented the diode, unless I'm mistaken. Uh, something like that anyway. But... Uh, it was a historical feature that went back. I think he, he did some broadcasting of the Metropolitan Opera in 1910 from a, an amateur radio station. Hmm. And I say that only because you're a ham radio operator and so on. It's time now on your part of the program, I think. Uh, you wanted to talk about uh, what I'm going to call Skywarn, and you can explain what that's all about. Well, uh, you know, this... Um this winter, while it has been uh, somewhat, um, well, kind of uh, non-eventful in terms of wintry weather so far, 
um, we still have a long way to go before this winter season's over. So um, what, we, what we're doing next week, we're hosting a free class that uh, anyone can, can take and sign up and take. It's an, obviously, it's an online virtual class where people can learn all about um, basically winter weather in terms of, you know, um, uh, weather, winter weather patterns, winter safety, uh, the, the safe, safest way to observe winter weather. Uh, we're going to be talking about different winter precip types and what affects the winter weather patterns here in the Carolinas. We'll be talking about snow, sleet, freezing rain, rain, and how each of those happen. Um, and then finally, um, for the reporting aspect of it, we're going to be um, sharing with folks how they can report their winter precipitation measurement to the National Weather Service. So um, that's a lot of information. We're going to pack all that into about a 90-minute session. And it's a free class uh, limited to the first 1,000 people who register. And if you want to learn more about how to attend that class, and again, you know, basically, it's a, there's a website you can go to and register. And then uh, after you register, you'll get a, a unique link that you can click on um, at the class time, which, by the way, will be next Thursday, uh, a, week from, uh, a week from tomorrow, uh, January 21st, uh, 2021. And it'll be starting at 7 p.m. in the evening. And, um, and uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a, we call it a Skywarn class because Skywarn is our program for volunteer, uh, volunteers who report severe weather or, or any type of hazardous weather to the National Weather Service. So uh, if you, wanna, if you uh, want more information or you want to uh, be able to register for that class, uh, you can check that out uh, at weather.gov slash Raleigh, weather gov slash Raleigh and look for the link right at the top of that page uh, where you can uh, click on that to learn more about uh, how to register and, and, and attend. So, you know, again, it's uh, limited to a thousand people. So uh, first come, first serve. Um, but uh, certainly uh, we want to encourage folks to, uh, to check it out. It's fun. And, uh, you know, it's a, it's a way that you can help. Uh, help us at the National Weather Service when it comes to, um, you know, winter precipitation because, you know, one of the key things that we need at the National Weather Service is what we call ground truth. And that is anytime you observe winter weather or you happen to take a winter weather measurement, whether it's, you know, sticking a ruler in the snow to see how deep it is or, or reporting, you know, um, ice on the trees or maybe, uh, you know, uh, damage due to, due to ice accumulation. Those are the sorts of the of reports that we need at the National Weather Service to help us in our uh, predictions. So, uh, so that's uh, next week, and, and certainly want to invite everybody to attend. And Nick, I can imagine that this would be a, an avenue you mentioned to, to keeping an eye on wintry weather. That this could be a, a road to uh, uh, becoming a skywarn person, uh, one of those ground troops. I like that that expression that. Uh, you folks, there's nothing, there's nothing, whatever you say about a tornado, there's nothing like a real human being seeing it, whatever the radar may say. And uh, well, you for know, spring, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was, was going to say, well, you know, the, the radar tells us what's happening uh, in the sky. It's people and humans that tell us what's happening at the ground level. So, so you know, um, and you kind of led right into a, a, another point I wanted to make, which is 
the Skyline program isn't just about winter weather. It's about, you know, it really has its roots in severe weather. You know, when it comes to uh, tornadoes and damaging wind and, you know, thunderstorms with large hail and, and that sort of thing. That, that, that's where uh, Skywarn is mostly rooted in. Um, and, and that, obviously, we'll be offering classes uh, for that um, later in the, uh, in, in, in the spring season. But uh, certainly, um, you, you know, in terms of, of making a prediction, which is basically our job at the Weather Service is to predict, you know, what people can expect and also to be able to provide warnings so people can take action to protect themselves and their families and their property during hazardous weather. Well, in order for us to really calibrate what, we, uh, what we're looking at in terms of our data, we need the, the ground truth. You can't predict what's going to happen, you know, an hour from now or tomorrow and, or, or next week unless you know what's happening right now. And that's a big part of what uh, SkyOne is all about. It's getting that ground truth, that, that human observation of what people are seeing uh, weather-wise and, uh, and reporting that to the National Weather Service. So we are always looking for weather spotters at the National Weather Service. A question uh, that I, you made me think about, that I know that it seemed like the National Weather Service and certainly people in the broadcasting business cultivated at one time amateur radio operators. I can remember when we were on like a hurricane watch at WPTF. Uh, Mike Blackman, one of our newsmen for many years, was a was a, uh, an amateur radio operator, and and he would sometimes he belonged to the local ham group, and they would bring uh, someone in to, to manage traffic. And I can remember the thought that was that well, with all the satellites and the cell phones and everything. Uh, this kind of communication would not be different. But I think I read that when what happened to Puerto Rico a couple of years ago, the only communication they had with the outside world was, in fact, ham radio operators. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and it's uh, great that you mentioned that because about a third of our Skywarn spotters are amateur radio operators. We probably have close to 3,000 weather spotters in, in, uh, in, the, in Central Carolina and um, about a third of them, uh, roughly about a thousand of them are, are amateur radio operators. You know, there's something about uh, amateur radio and weather, they go hand in hand. And, and while uh, having an amateur radio license is definitely not a requirement to be a weather spotter, it just happens that a lot of them are. You know, amateur radio is a fascinating hobby, and as you mentioned, I've been involved in that uh, as a hobby for, for many decades, and um, certainly... Um, uh, you know, it, it, it's it's uh, it's a great way to you know uh, stay in touch with folks and and have a way to back up communication for times when all other forms of communication go down. So uh, and that and that's why so many of our um, uh, weather spotters are radio operators because uh, that serves as a way for them to get uh, uh, really critical weather reports to us uh, when when you know when you think about it during bad weather. You know, uh, you know, power can go out, and you know, uh, you know, cell phone networks can go down uh, under the you know worst of the weather situations. You know, hurricanes or big ice storms. You know, some of these communication methods that we rely on for day-to-day -day communications can go down. So, uh, so we rely heavily on amateur radio operators to uh, to help us with our weather spotting. Okay, I had been wondering about that, but I, when I read the article about Puerto Rico, I thought, well, yeah, I think I probably know the answer now, but the next time Nick's on, I'm going to ask him about that, because, they, you know, just about all the communications and infrastructure on the island was destroyed by the hurricane. I think it was a couple of 
falls ago. We're talking with Nick Petro of the National Weather Service on WPTF. We're going to pause now and uh, let him catch his breath, and then we're going to come back and find out what other news he has about the weather here on WPTF. Um, we're expecting a cold front 
uh, to blow through our area uh, on Friday, Friday night. And then uh, this weekend's going to be, uh, while this weekend will be somewhat uh, sunny, uh, it's going to be pretty chilly with highs only in the mid uh, to upper 40s, which is a, a bit below normal, um, and with lows in the, in the, in the 20s. Um, as we head through the uh, through the weekend, so we're going to get a shot of some cold air um, this weekend. Uh, we're probably going to get another shot of cold air early next week. Now, fortunately, um, with both of those shots of cold air, um, they're they're not only cold air but they're dry. So, so fortunately, I don't see any you know winter storms at least in the next uh, you know five to seven days with these uh, uh, cold air outbreaks. But, you know, there are some hints in our weather models that go further out in time, like, you know, uh, towards the end of January, that we may get yet another outbreak of cold air uh, in, in the latter parts of the month, uh, which uh, could potentially team up with uh, a low-pressure system and, and maybe, uh, you know, we'll, we'll just have to keep our eyes on things because uh, my gut tells me if, we, if we're going to see any kind of wintry weather around here, um, there may be an opportunity late in the month, maybe in the last few days of the month, to see uh, to see some wintry weather um, uh, in, in the in the Carolinas here. But um, but uh, but anyway, so so while it has been somewhat um, uh, somewhat warmer uh, for this winter so far, you know we still have a long way to go. There's going to be plenty of opportunities, and we need folks to just you know pay attention to the weather. And, and be ready and know what you're going to do if uh, we do get into one of these cold snaps that, that, that could bring a, a chance of some wintry weather. Well, I watch uh, a lot of the free part of the YouTube, and there, you know, people, all kinds of people run stuff up, load stuff up on there. And one of the things that I run into occasionally that attracts my attention uh, is uh, a guy, sort of like a, a, a private weather guy, you know, and he's got his forecast. And on, and, and on a couple of those, I have seen the word... Uh, uh, what is it? Vortex? Is that the word that became polar? To... Yes, the polar vortex. Polar vortex, and the idea that it's going to be moving, uh, I guess, from from a little bit from the west to to a more central location, and and that may could that be the source of the cold air from Canada? Well, the polar vortex is always there. I mean, it's uh, the polar vortex is nothing more than um, this large area of low pressure you know, that uh, is constantly swirling about in the vicinity, roughly, of the North Pole um, with strong westerly winds rotating around it. It's there. Um, it's nothing new. It's been there forever. It'll continue to go on forever. But occasionally what happens is it, it can dislodge and, and become uh, disrupted, if you will, so that instead of just staying parked over the North Pole, it might migrate further south. Now, that migration could happen... Uh, over North America, it could happen over Europe, it could happen over Asia. Um, but but when, when we uh, and parts of it can break off too. Uh, sometimes the the polar vortex could split. Um, so so uh, sometimes we see these little chunks, if you will, of cold air that are normally contained in the polar vortex breaking off and and, and heading south. And, and I think that's what we're going to see uh, a couple of those chunks of cold air, if you will break off and move across our area uh, over the next two to three weeks. Okay, well, uh, so the words that you appended to your, your last topic, too, apply here, and that is 
it's kind of like stay tuned. You, you stay tuned to your normal weather services. To, stay tuned to, to AccuWeather on WPTF and uh, whatever else, wherever else you may get your weather information, because something might be coming. And of course, we have weather on WPTF multiple times each hour, and, and folks are invited to tune in on that to, to that. And and we have Nick Petro of the National Weather Service on just about every month and sometimes more often than that. Nick, our time has just about run out for tonight, so we're going to ride on down the trail into the moonset here, but we want to thank you for being with us tonight and look forward to talking to you again soon. All right, well, thank you so much, Tom, for having me on tonight. Appreciate it. And I want to tell you those weather uh, things that you do, uh, you know, to keep the media informed and, and so on, you really do a good job on those. If, uh, I know that it's not something that everybody knows about, but uh, it uh, makes understanding what's going on a lot better, and uh, and and I'm sure lots of people, including myself, appreciate them. So, okay. Well, thank you, thank you again, Tom. Take care, Nick Petro of the National Weather Service, our guest tonight, and that's our show for tonight. Tomorrow night, we're going to have a nostalgia program when we go back and think about something that we might wish were back with us, or might not wish we were back with us. And Friday night, we're going to have trivia. <laughs>